Welcome to the No Lux Left Behind podcast, the world's first podcast dedicated solely to unboxing the allure of luxury handbags and the resale market. We're Monica and Erica, luxury consignment entrepreneurs with over a decade of experience. Whether you're a shopper, a seller, or listening for the laughs, you'll always get unfiltered knowledge here. Let's get started. She is 24 years old and a bilingual luxury influencer with almost 75,000 Instagram followers, over 30,000 YouTube subscribers, and growing exponentially every day. Her handbag collection is major goals. Her style is effortlessly chic, but what we love most about her is that she's both inspiring and approachable. Absolutely. Please welcome our very first guest to the No Lux Left Behind podcast, Lou of at Jessui Lou. Hi. Hi. Hi, Lou. Let's get started. What made you start your handbag journey, your collection, and what was the first item? Um, it was actually really funny. I started into bags when I stopped um, doing sports. I used to do sailing and basically all my money, time and effort went into it. And I was in college the first time. Then I went to sort of a life crisis and I decided that I didn't want to be like studying that anymore and I didn't want to sail anymore. So I took a year off and I started traveling and I, I was back then in Barcelona. And I remember like being super bored um, on Pinterest that day I was off my job. I used to do surfing lessons for kids. So I was in like browsing Pinterest and I saw the Palm Springs Mini from Louis Vuitton. And I started really obsessing over it and I started watching YouTube videos about it and reviews and purse forums and everything that I think everyone goes through when they want to buy a bag. But I remember thinking that it was very expensive. So I said for, I, I would like to say it was two months. And then I, I talked to my dad and I told him that if he could like, you know, help me out with my first bag. I was expecting him to tell me no or just like give me I don't know, 100 euros, something like that, nothing too big. And he was like, oh, um, it's fine. I really like it. Um, I want to give it to you. And he gave me, he gave me like the rest that I needed to buy the bag. I already had like, I think 60% of what I needed. But it was actually really shocking because when I had the money and I went into the store, I realized that you cannot really go in and buy a Palm Springs Mini, and I didn't know that. So that's where my bag journey started because I bought the PM size. I wasn't really happy with it, so I sold it and then through the Facebook groups, and then I bought another bag and another bag, and I kept selling them and buying them until I was like starting to realize that I was getting a little bit addicted to it. <laughs> I love that. Um, okay, so a couple things there. So daddy's our hero. Yes. Um, that's awesome, right? I mean, especially because you were like working towards that for him to like gift that to you is so special. Um, and tell us what you didn't, I'm surprised. Tell me what you didn't like about the Palm Springs Mini. No, about the PM. The PM, the PM. is the one that I bought. Oh, the PM. I, I didn't really like the chunky straps because um, back then we were traveling a lot. So... The moment that I decided that it was not working out for me, we were in Croatia. Um, it's called Dubrovnik, the, the place. And I was wearing like this 
this shirt that was um that it didn't really have um like a back mm. so the straps they were so thick and they were sticking to my skin and I was just like not comfortable mm -hmm. with it I just felt like it was like leather against my skin and they were chunky even though it was very comfortable it's just not what I wanted and it also made it feel like very sporty you cannot really use a like cute dress with the Palm Springs PM because it looked very tomboy so for me that was a lot of money back then so I decided that I was not 100% happy with it and I went on selling it Thankfully, that back then I was living in Europe, so things were way more cheap than when you are in the U.S. So mm -hmm. I sold it to the U.S. and I didn't really had any type of losses, and that was shocking to me because it's something that I used and something bought it for the same price that I bought it from the store. So that was like amazing for me, mm -hmm. and that's where I like kind of got hooked with the selling buying situation that you guys are very familiar with <laughs> <laughs> fabulous yes. well I guess I'm curious what was the next what was your next purchase or maybe your when first you purchase that one yeah, yeah that you were like okay this is the one um it wasn't the one I had I sold that again I remember <laughs> um it was the Montserrat backpack but the re-edition and I, like, that was not a good fit because the straps were vachera and it was, again, against mm -hmm. my skin. So I realized that it was going to get a lot of patina. And, you know, you can sweat, you can do whatever you want. And also, it was raining a lot. So I didn't know that vachera could not get wet but back then. But when I read about it, I was like, oh, I have to return this one. No, it's that, a hard I lesson I, to learn. Yeah. Yeah, I... Then after that, I went for the Speedy, and that was the one who that stuck like that. I have that still. So, um, yeah, I think it was the the, the Speedy B twenty. That's what we always say, right? The Speedy. It's kind of like a loyal lifer. Yeah, life it's like tried bag. and true. Oh yeah, it's very very comfortable. Um, so yeah, I think that was officially the first Louis Vuitton bag that I owned. I guess. So we know that your reach is growing like so fast. We from the listen from the outside looking in, yeah, we're like, from, oh my god, she's like blowing up. Yes. Why do you think? Why do you think that is? Um, to be honest, I don't understand completely, and I think like no one that I don't would I wouldn't say that I am blowing up. I just say that I have like a constant growth on Instagram. I think it's due to the fact that. Um, some people, some YouTubers uh, that are on Instagram too, they usually just post pictures like for like to put content of themselves. And I really go through the stage of anxiety and so much work because I try to make my feed like a Pinterest board because I want anyone that looks at my pictures to feel like they can use that picture for inspiration for anything, like another picture they want to take themselves or an outfit or whatever. So I just don't want to put myself out there like, yeah, this is me with a bag. I really wanted to look good and have some sort of a use. So to be honest, I put so much work into every single picture that I post that I don't know if you realize, but sometimes I post something and the next day you won't be able to see it there just because I'm not 100% happy with how it went so I I delete them and I make it look 
like very aesthetic, you know? So it, it really is a lot of work. I have been doing this for two years now, I think. So I mean, I we definitely see you have so much intention and purpose behind every post and story. And it comes from a very genuine place of, you know, really caring about what you're putting out there. Well, yeah, I think I don't really see myself as an influencer. And I I honestly don't feel like people want to see me. They just want inspiration from my pictures and my bags and everything. So I'm not like trying to push myself as an image out there. And I think it's going to take a while for me to to realize that the world, that the word influencer is nothing bad, that you can do a lot of things good from it. I just still have that sort of mentality mm -hmm. that I don't like the word. And with YouTube, I think um, it really was really slow with YouTube, to be honest. The first two years I was on YouTube, it was very slow. I was just being very consistent with my content and it blew up the day that I uploaded my birthday haul with the mini, the Toy Lulu mm -hmm. and the Dior ring. That video was the first one that I got that ever went viral. And I think after that, it was my Birkin unboxing. So basically on December, I think it was 12, I reached 10,000 followers. And right now I am at 31,000, I think. Yes, so it was yeah, just, yeah we just checked. <laughs> we just checked. Um, yeah, so it was a short amount of time, uh, like comparing to the other two years that I've been working for it, that nothing didn't really happen. So you did tell us, like privately, you were like, I intended on um, quitting my YouTube channel. You said 161,863 <laughs> times. <laughs> yeah, I did. Um, why, why is that? <laughs> Like the first time that I made like the first YouTube video, I filmed it on my phone. I never really understood why I wanted to make a YouTube channel. I remember asking Polo, like, hey, um, what do you think if I made a YouTube channel? Because my Instagram, I had like 200 followers. Like it was like not big at all. And he said, like, no, that's I don't think that's for you. And I was like, I don't know, I'm going to try it out. And if it doesn't work out, I'm just going to delete the video and the channel. So that's it. So I made the video and it had like seven views the first day. And I was so bummed because I thought that it was going to be like super easy. And after that, I was just embarrassed being on YouTube and I was scared of family and friends finding it. So I would say that once a week I had this mental breakdown wanting to delete my channel because I didn't want anything, anyone to find it. At some point, you make your peace with it and people found it eventually. So... I think I'm I'm beyond that, but yeah, it, it's hard at the beginning. So anyone that really wants to start their, their channel, like it's not easy at all. Like I went through, I would say hell, um, trying to be comfortable with it. Open about this on IG and we've talked about it privately, but you say that you started your Instagram to hide your purchases from your family and friends. <laughs> Why is that? Um. Well, main reason is that I've moved on, like I've moved so much through my life that I've never been like the type of girl that had the same type of friends or the same school or the same city. So I was always like going back and forth. Mm -hmm. So I never really had like my people. So everyone that I had on my Instagram or Facebook were just people that I knew, not 
really my friends. And as for my family, I would say it goes pretty much the same. It was always my dad and me, not and not everyone knows me. So I was scared that if I shared the bags, they would think that I was like just this empty, spoiled girl that mm -hmm. pretty much I know many people think about that. But not everyone will understand everything that goes like behind what's happening. So I just I realized that when I posted a picture with a bag, everyone would be like, oh, um, how much was that? So I started doing this like I started this new Instagram and I used to take if I was traveling, I used to take two pictures, one with a bag and one without the bag. And the one with the bag, I would post it on on Jesulu and the other one I would post on my personal Instagram that's to the lengths that I went to just hide my purchases from mm -hmm. family and friends because I was just not feeling comfortable about like their comments or what they mm -hmm. thought to be honest at this point I'm thinking of even deleting that personal Instagram because I just let go of many people that didn't really support me and right now I think like Jesulu has been like my page and my people and I've made so many great friends that I don't really miss anything from the other one. Of course. This is actually a really good segue because I wrote this question for you yesterday. Yesterday was International Women's Day, but March is International Women's Month. Um, you've been really outspoken about judgment and shame that women experience in the luxury space. Why do you think that that's an important topic to shed light on? I just feel like it's not only like the luxury community, like we are always questioned and we're put under the spotlight of why and how we do things mm -hmm. as for men, they just get praised for their success. And I know that I look younger than I am. Like many people think that I'm like 16 or something <laughs> around that, but I'm 24. That's a good problem to have. I know. Embrace that. <laughs> not, not really on the luxury community because well, I really true. get... Um, I don't know, dismissed because of how, like, the age that I look. And why do you think I'm, people? Why do you think people dismiss you for your? Um, do you think it's because they think, oh, she must be young, and like, what do you think that second thought is? I think they think that I don't deserve it because they think my parents are the ones buying my bags. Mm -hmm. I think that. And even, like, it's not the case, but even if it was the case, like, what's wrong with it? There's so many women that are, like, stay-home moms, and that's a job. Like, that's a job. Like, I I personally, I would prefer to work than being a stay-home a stay -home mom because I feel like it's so much work that so I would much work. really I've done just lose more. <laughs> I literally yeah. we was both a stay-at-home mom, so and so I was like, no, I need to go to work. <laughs> I can't do it. Definitely. It's so I, but you're right. People do... Um, you know, if it's not one thing, it's the other. And do you think it comes mostly from women or like women to each other? Yes. Like I get boys on the comments, but I, it doesn't surprise me and it doesn't really bother me because, you know, uh, they can think whatever they want. Well, my problem is usually with like the girls because I feel like they should understand and see beyond that because we should be supporting each other. And even if I didn't have to explain myself, I constantly do. I explain my situation. Mm -hmm. I I work. I save for my bags. I barely sleep because I'm also in college. And I don't need to keep justifying where the money comes. They, they should just be able to enjoy my content without 
trying to look um, reasons behind it and why I, I am not worthy of what I have. Mm-hmm. And even if my parents bought my, my stuff, I don't see why there's a problem with it. I don't see why any woman that her husband is buying the bags because he gets the chance to go out to work because she has to stay with the kids. Mm-hmm. Why doesn't she deserve to also get from that income? Why is she like the one in the fault? And when you don't really disclose what's happening, and this actually happened, I was in Paris with Polo, and Polo is actually younger than me. He's uh, a year and a half younger than me. And someone took a picture of us uh, from the back. And people were saying, hey, you were spotted in Paris with your sugar daddy. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. And back then, I I only had like 20,000 followers on Instagram. So I was not really like big or, or anything. And everyone was saying that he was my sugar daddy. And I, I show the picture with the same outfits. Like, like no, he's my boyfriend. And he has never bought, like, a single thing for me. But I just feel like it always has to be something bad for a woman to be able to get, like, nice things and to be successful. And there's always someone that's going to tell you, like, no, sh- you shouldn't be spending your money on bags. You should be saving it for something else. Like, they always have great advice Mm -hmm. Uh, but they can never accept like what you're doing is like what you want Mm -hmm. and just deal with that right so what advice do you have for women who do feel um, a sense of shame or are embarrassed because it seems like you've really come to the other side of that um, being worried about other you know what other people think it seems like you've embraced where you are in your life what advice do you have for women who might feel ashamed well, it's not always going to be the easiest. Like I still like when I go to college or when I go like specifically with, I, I don't know, with my family, I really try to tone it down a lot. Mm-hmm. I try to use the subtle items that I have or just not wear them at all because I don't want that to be part of the conversation. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to social media, what I what I can say is that mostly people that will criticize you are people that want what you have. And they are not um, accepting the fact that it can be done by like, like someone younger or a woman in that case without a help of a man. And even if it's a help with your husband, why would you be ashamed? Like you pay so much money for this stuff that it's actually an investment in whatever way you want to see it. Mm-hmm. Why hide it and stop using it just because someone else thinks like not very highly of you? I would just... Mm-hmm. I would just say if you spend that money, just use it. And if they don't like it, like it's not they didn't pay for it. So why do you care? Yes, honey. Yes. Um, so we so got- I think wait, hold on. So I think the lesson here mm-hmm. is and we can wrap this this part up. But the lesson here is let's celebrate each other's wins. hundred percent. Whether it's a bag or a bracelet or a coffee at the end of the day, we should be celebrating each other. Yes, exactly. I, and I also have another question. Like, I see this happening to uh, other content creators on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And people constantly ask about their job. And they reply with the job they have. And they say, like, yeah, I don't believe it. Like, you cannot really afford all of this with that job. And I always, in the back of my mind, I think, why people need to understand what's your job? Why do people need to understand where the money comes from? Like, what does that will solve for them knowing it because it's not going to change anything like maybe saving tips yes Mm -hmm. and I've I've always been open about how you can save and what expenses to cut from Mm -hmm. but when they ask 
about like your job or how you get your income i never feel like it's um good for anyone like to know or to share because it will not help like it always comes like from not the best place mm -hmm. i feel i don't know yeah for sure guys there are pieces in all of our collections that we just don't reach for anymore make those pieces work for you. We offer insanely competitive commission rates whereby you keep 60 to 80% of your sale with no extra hidden fees. We make it easy and all digital, including payments at the end of the month. If you have handbags, SLGs, or accessories you just don't reach for anymore, slide into our DMs in Instagram at season2consign.com or go to season2consign.com to get started consigning with us. Well, we actually got some questions from some of our followers on Instagram. Everyone was so excited. Everyone was so excited. So wait. I'm sure <laughs> they're going to be listening to this. And so actually this first question ties in real nice with just kind of coming out of that conversation. The first question is, how do you budget so well? It's so inspiring. Okay. Um, I feel like it all started we were... like working in Europe and I was getting like my first job um, I would say that when it came to my own income I would like everything that I needed to live I would just use my money and I would just be good with that but I was not someone that like, like if I had to have breakfast I would have it at home where I was living I would not go out regularly and if I were to instead of taking newer I was like taking the subway And if I were to travel, I used to travel with Ryanair. And I remember that I used to get like plane tickets that they were like 14 mm -hmm. euros from France to England. So it was it was really nice to be able to save a lot from what I was earning. So I started saving from that a little bit. And when I came back here and right now that I'm studying for college, um, I would say that a lot comes from eating home, not really buying Starbucks because Starbucks was like a huge loss of money for me because I constantly did that and I do my coffee at home now I that's so do my smart yes because, because we're, we're sitting here in front of our Starbucks looking at them like mm. and we're also looking yeah. we both just when you when you just said the thing about nails we both just look at our nails like oh no <laughs> we need to go get our nails done but you're right I mean go ahead go ahead I um like I do my nails now but because I realized that it was um something that I needed mentally for me to feel put together with with quarantine but before that I used to just make them myself like I did them myself and I was on the go so that and the fact that I don't really dye my hair or do anything or just I rarely buy makeup I, I save up on many many things that I feel like if you add up at the end of the day it's so much money that you saved up like I remember the the first six months I saved, I, wa I remember it was like $2,500 just from cutting all those expenses. Wow. And that was about at that time, I was just amazed of that because I didn't touch that money for a really long time. And then I bought a bag. And I think that was the first bag that I bought entirely myself. And this was like two years ago. And I was so proud. And since then, I really just cut expenses everywhere that I feel like it's just something that's not necessary and that you will probably eat or use in a day and you will never see it again. Mm -hmm. And for a bag, you will have it forever. You are so inspired. That's so true. 
I'm literally taking inventory in my mind of what I should not be spending money on. Right. And I hope everyone listening is too. (laughs) Don't do Lululemon. It's just not necessary. Totally. So expensive. Um, Yeah, a lot of things that you can just go cheaper. Like I used to buy a lot of like luxury makeup and skincare. And right now I'm just using like CeraVe and just cheaper stuff that really even works better for me. So that's a lot of like money saving too. I love that. Um, Okay, we have another question from a follower. If you could choose one bag to use forever. So imagine um, daytime, nighttime, dinner, wedding, anything, which one would you choose? They could be in Um, your collection or not. I think I... I have two on my mind. One would be a medium black classic flop and the other one would be probably my my Birkin. But I think I would go first for the classic flop because I think it can be dressy and casual very easily. So yeah, I think I would choose that in the medium size. Um, Probably lambskin because I like lambskin better. Mm. And so does that mean that Chanel, would you say Chanel is your favorite um bag or luxury brand like if you have shoes I know that's a hard one it's out yeah it's hard yeah no definitely I um like even though um right now I'm a little bit more into adding Hermes bags to my collection Chanel is always going to be my favorite brand I would say I just feel like right now I have like quite a few classic flops and I would like to add some um Constance, Birkins and Kelly's to Mm -hmm. my collection too but I like for a whole, I really like more Chanel as a brand, like for all, all their SLGs and other bags and shoes and ready to wear as as Hermes. Mm. And what do you think is the best size Chanel to wear crossbody? Well, that depends uh, how tall are you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, we always say that because I'm so short and Erica's so tall. And don't you think it also matters where you like the crossbody to sit? I, you know... Yeah, definitely. You know me. I like to have my crossbody up in my waist. Yes. And Monica likes to have it lower. No, I really like a a high crossbody. That's why I really like the medium classic flop as a crossbody bag. Like everyone tells me that I'm crazy about it. Um, But I really like how it feels and it's very comfortable. Mm -hmm. But if I were to really say something a bit more universal, I would say the minis are very nice crossbody, especially the square size. Mm -hmm. And maybe the boy bag mm. or the 19 bag. Ooh, the boy is so delicious. It really is. Yeah. Um, okay. Last question from our follower. And then we have a few more. Um, how did you, or how do you suggest someone decides on their first luxury purchase? What should they, what considerations should they be making? Oh, I actually filmed um, yesterday. No, Sunday. I filmed that video. Oh, good. And it's, about um, how to choose your first designer bag. And I feel like when when you're struggling with that, you always have a brand in mind. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not like you don't really want uh, any specific bag. You, you have a brand that you like. So I decided to choose one from every single brand that could be a great bag. But I would say that if it's your first bag, you should always go for something that is from day to night, mm-hmm. probably crossbody because you're going to want to use it the most, because maybe if it's your first bag, it's going to be your first bag forever or for a while. So 
you are not considering any other bags in that picture right now. So it's going to be that one bag. So it's going to be something that you're going to use um, just for running errands, shopping, having dinner, maybe something a little bit more formal. So when you have the brand in mind, then you decide which are the things that you want from that bag. And for me, it would probably be something that I can use crossbody, but can also be very dressy. I would probably go for a black or brown bag mm -hmm. and something that really makes you happy. I would say like the price point always depends on the person, but yeah. Mm -hmm. yes, what do you think about, um, do you feel like brown is, is a universal color in terms of, I don't know, I feel like in the US is brown as universal as it is in like Europe? What do you think? I mean, I'm obsessed with brown, but I feel like it's hard to justify to other people. Or is that just in my mind? I think that maybe in the U.S. you don't really use as much brown, like matching it with other colors of your outfits as a difference in Europe. I think um, it's just different, like the way people tend to dress. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I feel like it is a universal color. Like many people would not match black with brown. I really like uh, pulling outfits with that. I've always liked it. So I just feel like it comes down to personal preference. Like if you think that you're going to be able to pull it off, then yes. Like I'm dying for the 21P collection. So I just hope that I can find a bag from because I love that shade of like caramel brown and I have always loved it. Yeah. So definitely I feel like it's a universal color that you can use with pretty much anything I mean not as universal as black or white but in my consideration I feel like yeah it's a staple a classic a neutral nice uh what do you want people listening to know about you that maybe they don't know or anything that you may want to touch on that we haven't covered yet today I feel people comment sometimes without thinking that there's a person behind that account that's going to read it and they might have like their own issues yep. and it can affect and it's very easy for you because you don't have a profile picture or you're a private account and it's very easy to just voice what you're thinking mm -hmm. but let me tell you that mostly all of the people that you see on social media they read them and they get affected at some point I just I stopped reading the comments of my Birkin unboxing because I could just not handle it anymore like it was a lot of heat for a bag mm -hmm. that I just felt like it was very uncalled for, for sure I so, totally yeah. hear, I mean, even us, like as a business, we get comments every now and then or DMs that are uncomfortable or make us, make us sad. And people don't, you're right. People don't realize that just there because are you have, human there beings. are humans on the other <laughs> side of the words that you're saying and um, they can be hurtful and they can affect you because you're human. Mm -hmm. um, but I will I do say, think that, sorry, I ahead. do think that the world now is conditioned to this social media lifestyle where everyone feels a sense of freedom and entitlement behind their smartphone or keyboard. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, we're at the point where we have to start reminding people that there are actual human beings that are being affected by the negativity that gets, you know, gets spewed out yeah. so nonchalant. I sometimes feel people forget that we're just regular people that we have our ideas and our beliefs and our struggles. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you can get the heat of the comments and DMs. Mm -hmm. For sure. 
Well, Lou, we find you wildly inspiring. I yes. know we've said that a hundred times in this conversation. <laughs> um, so if the people listening um, don't know you or don't follow you, where can they find you and how can they connect with you? Um, I have Instagram and I'm Jesulu and Instagram and YouTube that's the same. I usually try to reply all my YouTube comments and on Instagram, like I try to do my best, but if I were to reply to all the DMs, I would be stuck glued to my phone the entire totally. day. But I really, I really try. I usually reply a little bit more in the comments because the DMs really get uh, filtered. So you cannot really see the first uh, that come through and sometimes some of them get hidden. So if anyone has a question, I always tell them to go to the comments because it's easier for me to find them there. Totally. Well, Lou, thank you so much for being with us. We really appreciate you taking the time to chat with us and answer these questions. We can't wait to post this. I know. We're so excited. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for inviting me. And I really, really like you both guys. You're a lot of fun. Oh, thank you. Guys, if you're not already following us, we are at season the number two consign on all platforms, including TikTok and Instagram. We drop knowledge and have fun on all of them. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. We have so much more to share with you. Thank you for being here and don't forget to be fearlessly authentic.